0: Welcome to the Unconventional Leadership Podcast, a weekly podcast where we dive into the latest leadership news, tips, and strategies. I'm your host, Mike Sipple Jr., co-founder and CEO of the Talent Magnet Institute, best-selling author, speaker, and podcaster. Through the insightful interviews with experts from various industries and backgrounds, we unpack the skills, traits, and mindsets crucial for effective leadership in today's world. From embracing failure to leading with empathy, we uncover the unconventional strategy shaping the future of leadership. Whether you're a seasoned leader seeking to stay ahead of the curve or aspiring to develop the skills and insights to succeed, the Unconventional Leadership Podcast has something for you. Join us each week as we challenge the status quo and explore what it means to be an unconventional leader. Thank you, everyone, for joining this week's episode of the Unconventional Leadership Podcast. I have the opportunity to be with Corey Carlson. Corey was a part of our last podcast run. He was episode 78, so you may remember that episode where we talked about winning at home. Corey is a leadership coach business advisor, coach to CEOs, entrepreneurs, and leaders trying to elevate their game and win at home first. Also, the podcast host of Win at Home First podcast. So,
1: Corey, thank you so much for rejoining us today. Well, Mike, thank you very much. I I loved our first conversation. It's fun to watch you and the impact you have. And so to invite me on this for a second time, I, it, it means a lot. So thank you very much, Mike, and look forward to just this conversation hanging out again.
0: So to our listeners, as I was rethinking about, as I was thinking through the launch and the guests that I want to have back on and the guests that align to the brand of unconventional leadership and also intentional leadership, Corey, your work resonates with me. The topics, the content, the material, the, the heart-centered approach to helping not just ourselves when at home, but our teams when at home. And then the whole new launch of the book, Rise and Go, a book about resilience and hope. I mean, who doesn't need that, right? So thank you for saying yes to the invite and to our listeners. I'm excited for you to join us on this journey in this conversation. So Corey, share with me a little bit about the inspiration that came behind your current book, Rise and Go you know that I'm very impartial to win at home first. I love seeing how many people are still picking up that book to help themselves and their families win. But share with me a little bit about Rise and Go with our listeners and what it means to them.
1: Yeah, well, thanks. And thanks for the support. And you know, for all the listeners, as I talk, I mean, there'll be a lot of different ideas that you know Mike and I swap back and forth and share. And really my heart is not to be overwhelmed with as we especially talk about intentionality and hey we need to be intentional in all areas of your life and you start to listen to a podcast like oh my gosh that's a lot of things and then no one does anything yeah and so you know my really encouragement is no matter where you're at like you don't have to stay there like if the marriage is you know just fair or your your culture at your office just fair i mean you can look to improve that and so that's really my 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 heart behind even just this conversation and so to answer your question about the Rise and Go book. Both my books have come in from a place of brokenness. That's why I wrote them. I mean, I wrote the book Went Home First because I lost at Home First, mm. and then I wrote Rise and Go because I, I I hit a bottom and I needed help getting back up. And so i I had a corporate career, Mike, and, and for the listeners, I had a corporate career twenty years. I had a civil engineering degree, then I got involved in technical sales. 10 years ago, I hired a coach when I was still in corporate America and it just changed my life. I know it sounds extreme, but it really did. It just, it's now what I do for a living, but I just became a better father, a better husband, a better leader. Well, as I kept using these tools on my employees and then I took one more corporate move where I was president of sales for a national contractor and I helped these 30 salespeople throughout the country you know, being intentional with your spouse and making sure you're hanging out with your kids, but also blocking time out in your calendar to focus on work. Yeah. When I saw they got better and company profitability got better, I was like, I want to do this for a living. So I stair-stepped out of corporate where it came out of corporate and kind of did 50-50 coaching, 50% helping a local manufacturer, sales and marketing. Then it went to 75-25 and then to 90-10. Well, now we get to the reason for the book. March first, 2020—the best time ever to launch a company, <laughs> right before a, you know, worldwide pandemic. But March first, 2020, my family made a decision: we're going all in. Like we're going all into this coaching, speaking, and got our own insurance, and like did all those different things. Mm-hmm. And so that that was a journey in itself, as far as just leaving corporate, leaving that safety net of someone else picking up insurance and someone else matching our 401k and like all all those different elements. But March 1st, we decided we're going all in. Well, March 13th was a Friday. I'm not a superstitious guy, but it's odd that Friday the 13th is when all the travel restrictions kicked in, the work at home, all, all that happened. On that day, I got a couple emails canceling speaking engagements, Washington DC area and Kansas City area. And in those emails, I lost thirty-five percent of my revenue right away, instantaneously, pretty much evaporated. And so here I am, Friday, March thirteenth, and kind of over that weekend of, oh my gosh, I just went all into coaching and speaking. And you know, this is three years ago. So at that time, I had a fifteen-year-old daughter, a you know, eleven-year-old daughter, and then a seven-year-old son. So it's like oh my gosh, we went all in. We just lost 35% of this revenue. It was already, already a, a risky jump. And so I was scared. And 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 I'm a faith guy as well as I know you are. I, just, I was frustrated also at God, like what in the world? I thought we did this together, like this whole stair step, 50, 50, then 75, 25, 90, 10. I mean, was this just another time that I was impatient and, and went too fast? Mm. Like I thought we were doing this. And so because I was in just a, a funk and scared, I, I just I just kind of started oh, God, you know, put things in front of me that were starting to help build me back up. Maybe it was cool scripture. Maybe it was a inspirational story off of a podcast. For the case may be, I started to kind of put together some content that was helping me get back up. Mm-hmm. Well, over the course of that next year. I had 60 different executive clients through that year that maybe they'd say something like, man, I'm just, I'm kind of down in the dumps or I'm like, hey, use this. I wrote this blog or I thought about this content, use this. And as it started to help them, the content got battle tested. Hmm. And I was like, you know what? If this content helped me, then it's also helped these 60 different executive clients throughout the country. I was like, this is a book. So I put together the book, Rise and Go, it's 20 chapters. The first 10 are to give you the courage to get back up. The next 10 chapters are to give you the confidence to move forward, then, and they're, they're by-size chapters where it's, it's, some, it's story, it's some content, and then it's reflective questions. And, and really, Mike, the overall through line of the whole book is all leaders get knocked down. Mm-hmm. It's just the great leaders get back up quicker. So what could it look like in your life if the next time you got knocked down, you were able to get back up quicker? And, and I, I believe from my own experience, but just, you know, seeing messages continue to come in, it's a resource that's helping others get back up quicker. So, you know, for the, for the listener, Rise and Go, you, you can definitely get it. And and Mike, what I'd love to do just, you know, for your listeners is I'm, I'm, I'm giving away free books, whether Win a Home First or Rise and Go. The listener just go to the, my website coreymcarlson.com forward slash free book. You just got to pay shipping and handling. You pick the book you want, our team will send it out to you. So uh, Went Home First is the first book. Second book is Rise and Go. That's awesome, Corey. Thank you for that. And I do encourage this community,
0: the unconventional leadership community to grab a copy, right? Corey's offering up this up to you. Grab a copy. Let him know. Let me know what additional questions come out of it, where what resonates with you. We know that being intentional takes work. It also takes inspiration. It's opportunity for you to hear other stories and go, yeah, it's not just me, right? I'm not alone. I'm not the only one dealing with this. We wanna help you ensure you know you have a community that supports you, that cares for you, and that wants to walk alongside of your whole self in ways that only you will be inspired to do this with your team as well. So, Corey, I'd like to segue into that conversation as I work on myself and I go, wow, this has been really helpful for me. And you dealt with the same reflection of how do I help others do this for them with the hope that they bring this into their conversations with others. You're helping employers and leaders who say, you know what, I really want to take care of my people better. I want to be better. I want to lead better. I want to help them know that I care and help them help me help them lead better. So what are you finding with organizations? The ones that call you that say, Hey, this whole self thing, super important. We've never talked about it before as an organization. Corey, here's what I'm dealing with. Can you help me? What are you hearing from employers when you're having those dialogues?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you this. The employees are very, very, very hungry for this. They they need help. And so when it happens, they're ecstatic. And I'll just give a an example from just this week and Monday, I was in Indiana doing a talk. And so just a quick backstory. I have a client, David, and he oversees 45 different manufacturing plants. He helps with quality for them. And we just started out with one-on-one coaching, probably about seven months ago and just due to the change he's seen it's given him purpose again we worked on creating a vision statement he was approaching burnout but by putting together a vision statement it has helped him give purpose for the day-to-day which is exactly what i experienced when i got burned out like like as president of sales i'm like is really am i really just supposed to worry about revenue and profitability for the rest of my life like is that just who i am and no it took a vision statement to help me see that, no, it's it's m- about much more. So my vision statement, Mike, is to connect people to greater performance and even more significant purpose. And so the performance is, I want people to win at work and win at home. I mean, we want thriving families, but we also, we need thriving companies. Otherwise we're out of business, we have no money. So we, we need right. both. And then the purpose for me, it is to connect to faith, but if faith's not your thing, it's just a greater purpose. Like there's just serve others, be more generous. And so that became my vision statement. So I I talk about that in the book, Went Home First, using a framework to create your own vision statement. If that's of of interest to the listener, go ahead and get that book from that free book domain. But back to David, he was burned out. So we helped with the vision statement and then shared some other content. The Five Capitals, which we talked about on Episode 78 Mm-hmm. And in, in doing that, he just changed. He got joy back in the job and he had fun. So he's brought me in three different times to speak to his company. This week, they are in Indiana. Probably about, I don't know, 35 leaders were there, I think. They are there to learn about lean manufacturing. It's all about efficiencies and cranking on output and how many more widgets can we you know get out. Yeah. But David... Made the choice. I'm starting this entire week with Corey coming in, talking about winning at work and winning at home. And I went over the five capitals framework and it was very well received. People were kind of like, wait, what's going on here? You know, what's going on? He actually even made a comment like, hey, you know, this is, this is going to be good stuff. Just, you know, hang on. And at the end of the day, we asked key takeaways from the day. And there was a lot of very complimentary things that were kind of said But a lot of them actually were said, kind of about MCC, that's the name, you know, the name of the company, the bringing me in. One woman said that now I know MCC cares about me because they started the week off with this topic. It's like, Mm. boom. I mean, how cool is that, that employees know their employer cares when you start to equip them with tools to have success at both places? You know, Mike, and I, and I say this in some of the different talks, and it's so true, is as companies, we have got to hit our numbers. Like, we've got to hit those revenue numbers. We've got to hit those profitability numbers. I mean, absolutely. Or, you know, maybe there's bank covenants that you don't meet, or you've got to upset shareholders, or, or or whatever the case may be. But we all know we have to hit those numbers. But what I also know is we need to hit those numbers and cross that finish line, look back and not see shrapnel, not see broken marriages, not see, you know, parents that don't know their kids. But instead, we want to go across that finish line together where, hey, the company, we hit our goals. Oh, and guess what? We're still married and, you know, we're doing well physically and mentally and spiritually and emotionally. That's what we want. And you can't expect all of your employees just to go figure out how to do that on their own. Because they're not, because they're tired from the eight to five job already. So how as employers can you equip them to give them the tools and the mindset and the permission to win in all areas in their life? Yeah, it's a game changer,
0: right? I'm sure those listening, those who have been in this type of environment typically soak it in and then make sure they repeat that in any environment they lead in. Though There may be some listening that's like, Corey, you're speaking to me because I'm exhausted. Nobody's ever taken the time or created the margin or equipped me with the skills to be able to win in both categories. I feel like I'm a, you know, I'm a cog in a wheel. I'm driving so hard and I'm exhausted, and I want to lead differently. I want to be different, you know. And I'm sure you've seen both. You see people come to you at the doorstep of exhaustion. And then you see people come to you and say, hey, I love this stuff. My employer is encouraging us to do more. I'd like to have more conversation because I need to put those five capitals into my
1: life in a unique way. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know a lot of people, when they do come to me or reach out, it's life looks amazing on the outside. Like they just look like they got the job title. They got, maybe they got the car, maybe they got the the house, they got the family, whatever it is. But deep down, they just know that they're just not doing as well as it appears on the outside. Maybe their marriage is just mediocre. They aren't connecting with their kids or they're, they don't know if they're developing their direct reports very well. Mm -hmm. And, and and imposter syndrome is real. One it's real for everyone else, but it's also real for me. I mean, I get it. I mean, especially stepping in this space and trying to write a book and you see all these other authors that are out there and they're way ahead of you or to be a coach and everyone else is way ahead of you. So Imposter syndrome is real, and sometimes it's so helpful to have a coach to help encourage you Mm -hmm. and also hold you accountable and to stay focused on what really matters and not, you you know, shiny, shiny object syndrome. Yeah,
0: that's right. Corey, I was recently speaking to a group of about 138, 139 HR leaders, and I was sharing about the kind of environment you're discussing. Like this is what matters, right? Creating environments where employees feel cared for and valued and appreciated and served also enables them to serve, to provide value and to appreciate everything that they're doing for your organization. So aligning that vision, mission and values and living it out and making sure that people are the center of this environment because it's the only way any strategy got done. And I was talking about this kind of environment I was sharing, a lived example that I had listened at another speaking engagement I did with a client years ago, where the employee said, "I would run through walls for this employer, and they've given so much to me, my life, my family, and here's how they served us in times of greatest need. And I had an individual sitting at the front table. And, and I was getting the head nods, right, that we all look for when we're speaking. Like, I need a few people in the room to let me know that we're hitting on, hitting on <laughs> yeah, a moment. Yeah, exactly. And at the end, I asked, you know, are there any questions, anything anybody wants to share? And this lady raised her hand and she said, Mike, I have to tell you, I'm on my seventh company. Throughout my career, I've worked for seven different organizations. This is the first organization who has ever led with the level and the amount of intention that you're referencing. And I've been through seven organizations. I believe I bring lots of experience and a lot of good and a lot of skills, but I've never done the level of work that I'm doing now because I feel so connected to what this organization is doing. And again, I share that in the example that those who have been in an environment that have cared for whole self, not just you because of what you you, the output you create, but to make sure you when at work and when at home and when in your personal life, I mean, think of all of the the disease and the stress that brings on disease and the unhealthy behaviors, the bad and poor decisions people make because they feel so isolated and so beat up all the time in the work that they do, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, people need need community for sure.
0: Yeah. And this idea of leaving it, not bringing, you know, people say, oh yes, bring your whole self. They really don't want you to bring your crap into the workplace, right? They don't want you to bring the stuff that you're dealing with, the challenges, the struggles, the things that are going on with children and relatives and personal life. What we're saying here is don't leave it at the front door, bring it in, let us work with you to process it. You got to manage it appropriately. But we want to build up employers who actually care so that everybody can say, hey, we all have baggage. We all have a story. We all have things that we're wrestling with. Corey, I'm sure you and I right now both have a variety of things with our children, with our spouses, with our families, with our workplace and our entrepreneurial um, mindsets, just what that brings, right? The the challenges that that brings. That
1: yeah, we're let me uh, stuff give you a peek into my journal. You'll see what, what a head case That's I am, right? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but what we're saying to the listeners, like we're all here with each other, right? This is what being on a team looks like. This is what being in community looks like. And our goal is to help like, oh, boy, what Corey just referenced really resonated with me. Hmm, I've never thought about actually having that conversation with my own team, And uh, yeah, we want you to have those conversations.
1: Mike, I've been starting a lot of my workshops with just a question of, hey, write down your three greatest challenges. I don't care what they are, personal, professional, your back hurts. You're nervous about the quarter results, like whatever it is, just write it down. And they write them down. Then I say, all right, now assign is it personal, meaning it's outside of work hours, or is it professional? It's inside of work hours. Assign it and tie it up you have more personal or professional challenges? And then with a show of hands, everyone raise your professional hands. And usually this hasn't always worked, but the majority of the time, 25% of the people raise their hand with more professional problems than personal problems. And then it's like, all right, for illustration purposes, now raise your hand if you've got more personal challenges and then you do professional challenges. And obviously the remaining 75% raise their hand. And, and I do that, then I say, hey, you know, two things out of here to take away. One, give yourself grace. Like everyone in this room has challenges, has issues, and a lot of them have more personal and professional. Mm-hmm. So give yourself grace if you don't have everything figured out in your own life. It's a lie that we're, you know, being told, you know, by the devil that everyone's got their stuff together. You're the only one that doesn't. And that's such a lie. And then the second reason I say is, hey, have empathy for others. They may not be. In a great mood in a median has nothing to do with you. Right. You made the comment about you know employers or old school thought is hey you know leave your personal stuff at the front door. And you know I one I, well, I don't think you ever could have done that. I think even no. back in the steel mill days people were bringing in their their head trashing as they were working thinking about family. But nowadays I mean if you get in a fight with your spouse at seven a.m. It may still go on at 9 a.m. When you're in a meeting, and you get a text that's kind of continuing on with that argument or, and so it takes you off your A game when later, you know, and then later in the day, maybe three o'clock rolls around, you start to think about going home and you're like, oh man, when I get home, I'm going to say this. And then I'm going to say that. And then if they say this, I'll say that, or you start to think about your, your teenage daughter or whatever it is. And it's just with technology, our whole days are blended together and and it can get messy. So if you are not equipping the employers to have some tools to win at home, to have that even be a thought process, man, I mean, y- your employees will be kind of less than at work because they're going to be distracted. Yeah, and that's what we're referencing
0: here, Corey, to those that are listening to this dialogue. Like, it doesn't mean that you have to help everybody figure out everything, but what we should do is give tools, resources, time, energy, conversation, and care enough to know that, hey, the way Corey just responded to me feels so personal. No, It may not be personal at all. It may be how he's responding to the moment because of what he has going on. So one of the questions that most employers never ask is how are you really doing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Because in order for me to help you do well in the coming months or to accomplish your goals professionally that we've set out for you, or to achieve the things that we as an organization need, I really need to understand where you are, how I can help you, where I can help you succeed. What are the topics? What are the barriers that you might be facing? You don't have to tell me everything, is what I tell individuals. People don't have to tell you anything that's going on. But you can ask and say, hey, you don't have to tell me anything. But the more I can help you be successful in your life is going to help us as an organization be more successful and and if you're an employer that has a heart you care about their success too right you want to build ambassadorship you want to create a legacy help people through the things that they're going through and they will run through you know the proverbial wall for you because the support that you in turn provided to them Corey does that resonate with you
1: oh absolutely you know, obviously you're, you're, you're heavily involved in a, you know, a recruiting placement company and it costs a lot of money to, you know, find new employees. And and so you're involved in that obviously with, you know, with Centennial and what you do and you guys do great work with that, but people leave jobs because they just, they don't, they don't feel, you know, seen, known and heard there. And so it's, Hey, I'm going to go to a new opportunity. You know, very rarely are people leaving a place that has an amazing purpose. They treat their employees incredible. You know, they have a sustainable and scalable pace and, and they get paid well. People stick around for those companies. That's right. You know, they're leaving because it lacks purpose or it lacks culture or it's just too hectic of a pace. It's not sustainable for a family or for what they want to do in their lives. So... Uh, yes, I, I, the employers that will continue to win going forward are the ones that are investing in the whole self. Otherwise, they're just going to have a revolving door, and they would just will always have to be you know replacing those people. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of times those employers blame it on the people. Well, they were a bad candidate. They we you know, they weren't very good. And let's go find someone new who's bigger and better. You may find someone bigger and better, but if you don't fix fix your purpose and your culture, and how you're treating the whole self of people, that next bigger, better person's leaving. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it so often. It's really one of the reasons
0: why ultimately our board at Centennial encouraged us to really take this thing that we do with customers to help them build into their employees and build a brand from it, right? So the Talent Magnet Institute came out of, like, you can recruit all day long, Mm
1: -hmm. but if you
0: can't invest and build into your people the way that's necessary and hear the unsaid, And have the conversations and create the dialogue and proactively invest in the humans that you have the privilege to employ, then you're probably not leading the best that you could be, right? And, you know, just so few are taught that, right? There's the grind of the decision tree of like, oh, gosh, this turnover number, we're just going to keep trying to create more humans. Well, eventually you run out of people who have any interest at all in working for your company and being a part of your team because all the great people leave. So let's create better people leaders, which take the unconventional and intentional approach that help people both, you know, again, I love you. You always nail the book title that help people when at home and rise and go by Corey Carlson. Check out those free book links. And Let's really get intentional. Let's be the place that people look back and go, you know, I was only there for five years. I only spent three months. I only spent three and a half years or 12 years in that organization. But man, you know, David, as you referenced earlier, is the example customer, but David led so well. He taught me, he equipped me, he cared for me. And I am so glad I was a part of his organization. That's the kind of leader, you, the listener, We know that you want to be. We know that many of you are, and you're just continuing to figure out how to lead with even more intention. Or you may have just stumbled on this episode as the first one to listen to, and you're like, ah, I found my people. This is my community. This is the way I want to lead into the future and be remembered for decades
1: to come yeah that's good. you know I think I think about as all of the listeners and our you know ourselves included is wanting to be that intentional leader both at work and at home. And you made that comment about that lady who's been with seven employers. I doing a prep for a, a talk, I went through I've had 18 bosses in my career, 18 different bosses, but one family. And, and so it just kind of really just screams that the reason it went home first is you got one family. It's just, I mean, I, I, I probably did things for bosses. I said no to my family to go do some of the boss. And I know the majority of those people, I don't even know where they live anymore. Like I don't even know what, you know, I mean, I don't even know if they're still alive. I mean, you know, I forbid, but it's just, it's interesting. So 18 bosses, only one family in that 20 year career. And so that's just, that, that in itself is just a, a whole, kind of a whole perspective of, hey, you know, be careful what you're saying yes to what you're saying no to. You mentioned having an impact on those that you lead, Mike, so that you are remembered as their leader. I'll share this with clients as we're talking about, you know, the importance of, you know, really multiplication versus addition. Like, are you doing something? And this is kind of a a, a reference. It's, it's football. So it may lose a, a few people who don't like football. But just, you know, kind of hear me out on this whole thought of like comparing Bill Belichick to Nick Saban. Bill Belichick coaches the Patriots. Nick Saban is coaches the University of Alabama. And you look at their coaching trees. Like Bill Belichick really hasn't had anyone successfully go out and make a big, huge name for themselves on their own. You know, it, you know, I, I do know, you know, Josh McDaniels is he went out, did the Broncos. That didn't work very well. He came running back, coached for the Patriots again, then he went back out again, the Raiders. And I, I don't even know if he's still with the Raiders or not, or he's came back. However, you take a look at Nick Saban. I remember reading this article a couple years ago. I need to actually go find the data to see if it's still accurate. But a couple years ago, when this article was written, it was estimated that by 2023 football season, which actually is coming up, all of the SEC head coaches would have been on Nick Saban's staff at some time. And that is just unbelievable. You get two amazing coaches, but one hasn't figured out how to, to basically, you know, reproduce it where Saban has. Wow. And so I think as leaders, part of that is we want to be a leader that goes and produces leaders that are throughout the city. And we could be like, yeah, they worked for me. Oh yeah. That person, they worked for me. They work for me. Not that we want people leaving, but the reality is sometimes it may just leave. Yeah. And it, you want to be a leader that, man, you just invest in the people you make them better leaders at work and at home. So that if they ever left, man, you've got an amazing kind of track record of leaders throughout your city that have been influenced by your leadership. Hmm.
0: That's an incredible example. And you can visualize that tree.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's probably a humbling wow. exercise yeah. to draw your own tree of people you've impacted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Corey, let me ask a couple of additional
0: questions here as we wrap up. How do you define an unconventional
1: leader? I think right, right now, you know, in, in in this year, this time, I think just that leader who's talking when at work and when at home is unconventional. My hope, my, you know, my prayers in 10 years, that's conventional practice. Everyone's talking about it. Like, and I'm not just talking about bring your dog to work day and and have, have child daycare at the at work you know that's not about what we're talking about i think that's just to get people to work longer hours (laughs) so i think right now one is unconventional where you are you're 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 making people better holistically like you are all in and and i think right now in this day and age that is unconventional leadership to to do that Hmm. that's awesome and corey
0: what are you recommending two individuals to start the journey? Do they start with the book? Do they start listening to the podcast? Do they engage you as a speaker? Like what's, where's a great place to start on this journey for
1: those listening today? I think all those are great examples, Mike. Wow. That's really good. No, it's good. Man. I I, I think kind of whatever you feel, I mean, if, if you kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I trust this guy, you know, get a book, just read a book. And, you know, read on First or Rise and Go. We mentioned the landing page, coriumcarlson.com forward slash free book. And, and just kind of hear me. You'll see, obviously, I'm pretty darn vulnerable in my books. I'm pretty much vulnerable all the time, just trying to be open and honest with folks. So read the book. But if you if, if you heard enough and you're like, hey, I'm ready to move forward and I would like a guide for that season, well, reach out. Let's talk. I, I do free consultation calls just to see, hey, if it makes sense, if we get along and have high chemistry and then we could work together. And then from a employer standpoint, absolutely bring, you know, I'd love to bring me in. Let's talk, see if it makes sense. We've done, you know, our keynotes to full day workshops and and the content's just resonating. I mean, we, we got, you know, thankfully have tons of testimonies that could share with you. But I'd say that's at a whole. But as I, at the beginning, Mike mentioned is don't let any of this be overwhelming or intimidating. It's just grab one thing and just implement. And try to work on it. And then after that's worked, try another thing. Yeah. You know, then, I mean, back to you, Mike. You you mentioned your board pushed on you at Centennial to go launch Talent Magnet Institute. Was that three years ago?
0: The pushing was probably four and a half, five years ago. Four and a half um, four, well, yeah. and it took about yeah.
1: eighteen months for us to get get off the ground. I was trying to think when it was because I know you and I talked then and we probably talked even the five years ago number I don't know but maybe that three years ago but the whole point is like that was a big bold move to do that but it's just like a step at a time like it's just you know being bold being courageous and if we think of oh my goodness I'm going to create a huge platform and we're going to have thousands of people that are on it and, and they're growing and getting better that's daunting and so yeah it's cool to have that vision we need that vision but just take that one step at a time, just like you did. And and I remember some of those earlier conversations we had. I mean, That's you just right. were getting different facilitators involved. You're getting different content, talking to employers to sign up. I mean, just one step at a time. And I think for those listeners, whatever that big vision is, you know, you can keep that 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 big vision out there. But just one step at a time. Don't get overwhelmed. I, I mean, I'm I'm speaking to the choir here because I got some big ideas that I uh, I am in the process of doing for the business. And at times it's just like, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming, but it's like hey, yeah. just one step in front of the yeah. other.
0: Well, and to those listening that are working with us as we're continuing to build out these learning and development deliverables and the things that we're gonna do over the next 12 months and the approaches we're gonna take over the next 24, 36 months even with some of these community members and customers that we're engaging with, members of our community, You know, this can be one of those topics that we bring in with you and partner up with Corey and say, hey, let's factor this in. And what does this look like as a part of the learning journey for our team? So, again, it's been super exciting, Corey. We align so much in our heart of transforming the lives of those who listen and engage with us. And you and I are both incredibly passionate about this topic and uh, and know that you know we're a little bit outside because we're thinking differently and boldly which brings its own fears and opportunities for us to get you know our own anxiety around what we're building but we both know that it's worth it and that it's worthy and that the individuals who are hearing it and for ourselves even good medicine for ourselves every time i'm engaged with you so i appreciate you joining me today community thank you for caring about the way you lead yourself and those around you and Corey, i look forward to our next
1: conversation oh cool well, th- mike thank you so much thank you very much and listeners if you're if you hung on this long thank you very very much and and, and my hope is you you found some value in it so thank you
0: thank you for listening to the unconventional leadership podcast We hope you gain valuable insights and inspiration from today's episode. We invite you to join us on this journey of exploration and discovery as we continue to uncover the unconventional approaches and strategies that are shaping the future of leadership. Stay tuned for our next episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Unconventional Leadership Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, being an unconventional leader means embracing new ideas and strategies to drive growth and innovation. So keep pushing the boundaries and challenge the status quo. And we'll see you next time on the Unconventional
1: Leadership Podcast.